so good to have you out. Before I get into anything, I just want to extend a massive welcome to anyone who is visiting here with us today. If you are a guest, if this is your first time, we just want to say welcome. We want to say thank you for coming and joining us, and we hope that you feel at home. We hope that you feel welcome. We hope that you really enjoy yourself. Um, My name is Bex, and Steve and I are the... um, uh, lead pastors here, Bex, short for Rebecca, you would be, uh, you would do yourself well to remember that later on in my message. Um, we have got a couple of really neat things coming up and happening and really excited about them. We've got um, Heart and Soul next Wednesday night. And uh, I just want to encourage you, especially if you've never been to a Heart and Soul, to come on out to it because it is one of, I mean, I have to say that Heart and Soul is one of the highlights of our church life. And uh, it happens on a Wednesday, once a term. And we just encourage anyone who's a member of our church to come on out to Heart and Soul. If you call this church home, then Heart and Soul is the place that I want to encourage you to be this Wednesday night. Uh, It just gives us time. It gives us time to go a bit deeper into some deeper teaching. The stuff that we don't get time to do on a Sunday morning gives us time to just be able to sit in some beautiful worship and gives us time to be able to come around communion together with a bit more of a focus as well. And uh, I want to encourage you, even if you run a small group on a Wednesday night, just bring your whole small group, bring your cup of tea and your bickies along. I'm sure we could all, you know, divvy them out and multiply the fish and such. And uh, just want to encourage you to be there because I tell you what, every single time we run Heart and Soul, um, we just get so much great feedback and just some incredible things happen. We get believing for miracles. We're believing for God to show up and healings, all that kind of thing. So make sure you come on out. And uh, we're excited as well about International Food Festival. It's coming up. If you have been in this church for longer than one year, you will know this is a highlight for us, International Food Festival. We are blessed. Living in East Auckland, it's only got to be that you notice that we live in a very culturally diverse community, and our church is incredibly culturally diverse. I think we've got over 60 nationalities in our church, and the beautiful thing about it is that from all different backgrounds— From wherever you come from, you've got different backgrounds, different stories, different cultures, different foods, different ways that you do life. But when we come together under under this roof and under one name, there's this beautiful unity that we have together. And that's what International Food Festival is all about. It's all about celebrating that oneness, but all about celebrating the food from your beautiful cultures that you can bring to us Kiwis as well. So um, please come on out. We're raising money for Christmas box. If if not anything else, then what a great cause to to come on out for. And then the next day after that is International Sunday, where we just celebrate our cultures all day. We encourage everyone to come dressed in their country's best. So make sure you do that. And uh, we would love, love, love to have you part of that uh, with us. Just absolutely fantastic. We're in the middle of a series at the moment called Church 1.0. Uh, which is all about, uh, we're looking at the early church and some of the base practices of the early church. And we're just looking at what they did because what happened was they devoted themselves to what seemed like four things that we see read in Scripture in just a moment. They devoted themselves to four things and they devoted themselves to it. They, they, they made sure that they, uh, they lined their lives up with it. They, um, they, set, they allowed them to define them and set them apart. And the result of this was that the church exploded globally. 
And so if, if you ask me, I think we should look at that because that sounds like something we want to be doing, right? So in Acts 2, Steve started us with this last week. In Acts 2, it's there in your notes. Um, verse 42, we're going to start with. And even, listen, the passage of Scripture begins with this title. Before you get into the verses, it says, A Generous and Growing Church. I don't know if you, you're like me, but I want to be part of a generous and growing church. So I'm going to read on to find out how we get there. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. Every day, Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They devoted themselves to four things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And last week, we looked at uh, the apostles' teaching, which in our context, kind of take that as the Sunday gathering. We're going to look today at the, the second thing, which is fellowship. In this early church, they held all things in common, it said. They had a common purpose. They had a common, uh, a common promise. They had a common passion and a common uh, a sort of, uh, but all were excited about this guy named Jesus and, and the change that he'd made in their lives. And so they did life together and they gathered and they went from home to home and, and, and they broke bread and they had meals together and they shared their life with each other. And the result of this was what? It was growth. It was an absolute explosion of this message of Jesus to the point where every day, every day, there were people being added to their community. Just an incredible thing to be part of. So in my mind, I'm asking the question, what is our modern day equivalent to what is happening here? to what is going on and what they're describing here. And I can only surmise that a modern day equivalent to that kind of community would be small groups, right? So we're gonna be looking today at why small groups matter. Because if I wanna be part of a generous and growing church that is like what is described here, then I need to get to know what it is, what this community is that they're talking about. So we're gonna look at why small groups matter today. Now, Steve and I were once given a voucher. We were blessed by a generous friend, given a voucher to one of those really fancy restaurants, you know, you know the really fancy ones that have um, the silver service ones, you know, where all of the waiters speak another language and have a foreign accent. And so we went there and we're sitting there with a beautiful white tablecloth and sitting there and both of us really looking forward to this meal. And we were absolutely starving because how many of you know that when you have been looking forward to a meal all day, you kind of, you fast through the day so that you are ready for this meal. So we're sitting there, we're starving because we'd been like holding off eating for most of the day so we could really enjoy this meal. But um, how many of you know that in these really fancy silver service restaurants, they ain't serving you up a rack of ribs. Oh no. So out comes the plate, right? This huge plate that is about the size of the table we are sitting on. And in the middle of the plate, 
just like itty bitty meal. I'm like, oh, excuse me, did you leave half my meal in the kitchen? Because I feel like this is not going to fill me up. I have to be honest. Steve and I uh, stopped off by McDonald's on the way home and picked ourselves up a burger. Because while it may be first class cooking, it ain't going to cut it, right? It's not, that ain't filling you up. That's not going to sustain anybody. You know, I've got to tell you that Sundays are good, right? We learned that last week. Steve gave us this great picture of why Sundays are just so incredibly important, why they matter. Sundays are good. There's just powerful worship that takes you into the presence of God and really can really do something and stir something inside of you. You can bring breakthrough into your life. There's, there's incredible preaching, even if I do say so myself, you know, like life-changing stuff here. And, uh, you know, you might have encountered, you know, some great conversations and, and been able to have fellowship over in the cafe over a cup of instant coffee. Uh, you might have had some really fantastic prayer ministry. But let me tell you that while what's happening here may be world class, it just, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. And there's got to be a point where you go off and get a burger through the week because it's just not going to sustain you what goes on here on a Sunday. And I have to tell you that, that we, the, the one of the ways, and I've got to emphasize one of the ways because it is just one of the ways that you can find um, feeding and something that will sustain your walk, your living Monday through Saturday is through small groups is through small groups. See, our goal here at Elam Christian Centre, not just here, but in all of our campuses, is that we would have small groups where people can experience community, that where they can find freedom and where they can take next steps. I'm gonna say that again. We wanna create small groups where people can experience community, where they can find freedom and where they can take next steps. And I'm gonna give you three things today that I believe small groups will bring to your life. And um, I, I'm hoping that for you, they're not the normal things that people would usually tell you the reasons you need to go to a small group. But listen, these are some things that you need in your life and some of you may not know you need it. Uh, so number one, small groups are a place where you are known by name. Small groups are a place where you are known by name. And when Steve and I had been dating for about three to four weeks, he took me to a party. Now, we, we started dating when we were 16 and 18, so parties were like the thing at that age. He took me to a party. And it was the first sort of time he'd taken me to somewhere where I would be meeting some of his school friends, some of his high school friends. And so we rock up to this house and at that age, you kind of loiter outside the party, don't you? You don't go inside, no, you loiter outside the party. So loitering outside the party were a bunch of Steve's friends. So we rock up and we go to a group of them and they say, hello and hello. And then they all look at me because I'm the one they don't know. And he goes, oh, this is Rachel. I'm like, um, no, no, I'm not. I'm Rebecca. Now, I have to let you know, he has not forgotten my name again. 
He has made it his top priority to if he forgets anything else, that is not going to be one of them. And I did share that story with permission, although I did warn him of the repercussions from the congregation afterwards. (laughs) Maybe quite severe. It's incredibly important because everybody needs to be known. Everybody needs to be known. Some of you uh, may have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and uh, it tells us that after one's basic human needs have been met, so food, water, shelter, um, safety, that the greatest need for every human is to be known. It's to have love and it's to have belonging. In fact, more recent studies in more recent years have actually placed even greater emphasis on this whole area, on something they're now calling relational value or social influence need, describing it as the need an individual has to be known, valued by him or herself, and to be important to others. This is a need over every single human that roams the earth. I don't know why, but for much of my younger years, I always felt forgettable. And I I was quite shy, and uh, I would often hide kind of behind my larger-than-life friends. And I was never really confident in social situations. I just didn't like being in social situations where I had to meet new people. I always felt super awkward. And so I'd ride on the coattails of all those around me who were more confident than me, and I would just make it through hiding behind them. And Uh, when I would go to meet someone new, my instant thought would be, A, that I didn't have anything interesting to say anyway. I always had that fear that my mind would go blank after I said hello. And then it was like, oh, what do you do now? (laughs) But the second thing that I thought would happen would be that when they exited the conversation, they would forget who I was. And so what I would tend to do would be that when I would introduce myself to someone, I would pretend, even though I knew I was meeting them for the second or third time, I would pretend that it was the first time I was meeting them. And I would just go in faking confidence and saying, hi, my name's Rebecca, as if I'd never met them before. Because I thought, well, listen, they probably haven't remembered me from our first meeting, so to save us both the embarrassment, I'm just gonna pretend like this is the, second, this is the uh, first time I'm meeting them, even though I really knew it was the second, third, or fourth time. So you can imagine how it feels for someone like me to have someone recognise you and go, oh, yeah, I remember you. Oh, yeah, hey, I know you. Isn't your name Bex? And for someone like me, how incredibly important it is, what tremendous power there is in being known by name. We count our numbers here at church on a Sunday. In fact, you might see someone like, clinging, oh, is that Richard's just come back from counting? He's done his count. He's got his notebook. He's done his count. You might see them standing around the edges kind of stalking you. We count every single Sunday. We count our numbers. We count because we believe people matter and we count what matters. Uh, We would, I mean, how amazing it would be if we could Um, if we could account for everybody on a Sunday morning by name, but it's just too big. There's too many people coming and going. There's too many entries and exits to be able to get every single person by name. But listen, in a small group, you go from being counted to being known. You go from being known by number to being known by name. 
In a small group, you will be known by name. The second thing that a small group is able to give you is that in, in a small group, it's a place where you are prayed for daily. If you're in a small group, you are in a place where you are prayed for daily. As pastors, Steve and I get invited to a lot of events. Some are weddings, some are significant parties. And the other thing we often get invited to is funerals. You go to a lot of funerals as a pastor. It's kind of um, an occupational hazard. Uh, but we, we go to a lot of funerals and sometimes we know the families and sometimes we don't know the families very well. But regardless of whether we know them or not, one thing always stands out to me at every funeral I've ever been to. And that is the strength of the family members who are able to get up on the stage and give a speech. In their most desperate and dark moment, they have strength enough to stand on a stage and share about their loved one. It leaves me in awe every time. I'm always amazed. And more recently, I was at another funeral, but I was there and I'd bumped into a family friend of ours who was a very good family friend and she'd lost her husband a couple of years prior and I was actually talking to her about this very thing. And I said to her, how did you do it? Because I stood there at your husband's funeral and I stood there at many other funerals and I've asked myself, how on earth do you stand there so strong in such a difficult moment? And do you know what her answer was? She said, it's prayer. She said, in that very moment, you've got hundreds of people who are carrying you in prayer. Do you know what else she said? She said, I could feel the moment it left. I could feel the moment six weeks down the track when people moved on with their lives and they stopped praying for you. Can I tell you that if you are part of a small group at Elam Christian Centre, you will have someone carrying you in prayer daily? I've got to tell you, how, how different would you approach your difficult meetings at work if you knew you had a small group leader and a small group carrying you in prayer? How much more differently would you approach maybe a, a really uh, difficult conversation that you were going to have to have with somebody if you knew that a small group leader and a whole group of small group people would carrying you in prayer that day? How much more differently would you approach that unexpected health problem if you knew that a small group leader and a whole small group were carrying you in prayer? When you are part of a small group, you find a place where you are prayed for daily. And there's something powerful that happens. We're going to be talking about the power of prayer in two weeks' time. I want to encourage you to get to that. Um, don't miss the next two weeks because we're going to be delving more into just why prayer matters in your life. But number three, the final thing, and our team are going to join me now. Number three, small groups are a place where you find freedom from your past. Small groups are a place where you find freedom from your past. In James 5, 16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful fruits. This isn't talk, just talking about going God, to God for forgiveness. This is, is talking about going to 
each other to find healing. This is powerful because God's system for healing is one believer journeying alongside another believer to wholeness together because life happens in relationship. And I think back to Acts 2 verse 43 where it describes that all the believers came and they sold all their possessions. They brought everything, they sold it. And they sold all their possessions, they sold all their property and they distributed everything amongst them to fulfill any need that was there. And every day, this is what they devoted themselves to. And I could kind of imagine a small group scenario back then that, that maybe they all turned up with like all of their stuff, you know? They all turned up with their stuff like, we're gonna, we're gonna get it all sold and we're gonna bring everything that we have together. And, and so together, they, maybe they sorted it and maybe they got, like, got it all planned out as to how they were gonna do it. And, and they brought it all together and, and sorted it and, and sold it. And, and then they brought everything, the fruit of that back to help meet the needs of those that were around. Now, I don't really think that you and I, when we turn up to our new small group next week, we're gonna come and bring all our stuff, right? I mean, can you imagine? If everybody turned up like, hey guys, I'm here, I bought my stuff. But let's be honest, we all come with baggage, right? I mean, we all turn up to our small group carrying our past, our mistakes, maybe some stuff that's still going on right now. We all come and we've all got some baggage that we're carrying. And the truth is that in this relationship, in this small group relationship, we journey, we journey together. And you journey for so long in relationship that something begins to happen. What we begin to see happen is that all of a sudden, the mask that we once carried we can begin to just pull it aside. And, and maybe in this environment, you could say, oh, actually, not everything's going so okay. And what happens is in that kind of environment, we are able to begin showing people what's inside the baggage, right? How many of you know that everyone needs a ruthless friend, right? I mean, I know who I call when I need to get ruthless with decluttering some things in my house because I've got a friend who will refuse to let me hold on to something that's no longer productive in my world. And I think every single one of us needs a friend who will be willing to say, hey, hey, isn't it about time you let that go? Well, isn't it about time that you sorted that stuff out? And so we come and we allow each other to see inside the baggage. And we do a journey with each other, a journey of sorting, of letting go, of putting down, of working out and working through. That's what we do in small groups. We walk a journey with each other a journey of becoming set free from the things of our past so that we can step into the future that God has for us. Why? Why do we do this? Because when we do, 
we can take the fruit from it and we can go and meet the need of somebody else with the fruit from our own failure. There's a slide that's gonna come up on the screen and it's gonna list about nine or so different brand new small groups that are just starting out. Every one of those small groups has got a leader who's been trained and gone through our leadership course. And I want to encourage you, if you are not in a small group already, in the lounge, we have got a full setup and we've got all the leaders who are there waiting to chat with you. Some of them are even bribing you with chocolate. In fact, Pastor Richard's been so generous. He's brought in his motorbike. I said to Pastor Richard, hey, wouldn't it be neat if everybody who signed up for a small group went in the draw to win a motorbike? So generous of you, Pastor Richard. I'm just kidding. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank You that You have created us for community. Lord, that life happens in relationships. Lord, I thank You, God, that You know us each by name. And Lord, I thank You that there is a group and there is a community for every single person seated in this room so that they can be known by name, prayed for daily, and find freedom in their journey. And God, right now, I lift up every small group leader who's in this room. I thank You for them. I thank You for the groups that they are starting or continuing. And I pray right now that You would give them a confidence and boldness and a wisdom to lead their group. We ask for Your blessing on them in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'd love to pray one last prayer with you this morning. Um, Can I invite you just to take a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes just out of respect for the people that are next to you today. Um, We never finish a service without giving you this opportunity. Um, I don't know your story. I don't know your journey. I don't know what brought you into church today. I don't know where you've come from. I don't even know where you're going. But I do know this. I do know that there's a God in heaven who loves you more than you'll ever know. And I don't know what brought you into church today. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, or maybe you're far from Him, but you're really feeling today, man, today is the day. I wanna get my life right with God. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Him, or maybe you've, you've followed Him before, but today you'd be honest and say, Steve, I'm far from God and I need to get right with Him. I would love to lead you in a very simple prayer, if that's you today. The truth is, friends, that God does love you. He made you. He's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His amazing grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every single one of us here today, not judgment, not condemnation. He extends to you His free gift of grace, forgiveness for all of your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. He'll make you a brand new person. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. Your life is not an accident. It's not a mistake. God has got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. And you get a great, this great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. This life, you know, is not the end of the story. There is eternity with God for you and He's preparing a place for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you're far from Him today and you wanna get right with God, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. I'm gonna pray it out loud. You don't have to do that. You just join with me and pray it in your heart. 
pray along with me as I pray out loud, but I want you to make it your prayer. This is your prayer. This is your day. This is your moment. Are you ready to say these words in your heart after me? Say, God, today, right here, right now, I surrender my life to you. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. But I do believe that Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way of life and I turn to you. I ask you to come in, forgive me of all of my wrongs and make me brand new today. I choose from this moment to live for you. Would you come and make me brand new today? In Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I wanna just tell you, I'm so proud of you. I'm really proud of you. I think this is the most wonderful thing you could ever do in your whole life. And I wanna invite you to do one more little thing. If you did pray that prayer, I want to invite you to take a little step of faith. Uh, Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, for the very first time, or maybe you're getting right with God, I want you to be really brave right where you are. Take a little step of faith. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high. Now I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out or anything like that. What I will do is I will see your hand from here. I'll acknowledge you. And then you can put your hand straight back down. This is one little step of faith. I want you to be bold. I want you to be brave. If you prayed that prayer and you're serious, you meant it on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, Three, hands up nice and high right now saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Yeah, God bless you, my man over there. That's awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. Nice and high so I can see it. Awesome. Well, God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. And God, I thank you for lost people finding you. And so Lord, I bless those who've responded today. I give you honour and glory for them. And we ask you, bless them now. May they truly know the life that comes from you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, church, you can put your hands together. For those people that-